Now this is Hollywood Unlocked. Yo, what up, everybody? It's Hollywood Unlocked Uncensored. I'm Jason Lee. And I'm Melissa Boyd, a.k.a. The Curve Queen. It's Damage. Let's get it started. Okay, before we get started, uh, make sure you're listening on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, iHeart, and, of course, watching us on YouTube. Yes. New decade, new wig. <laughs> Here I am. It looks good. <laughs> Thank you. Everybody thinks I have a wig, so fuck it. I'm going to play into the narrative. <laughs> no, somebody actually said, they were like, is it a toupee? I'm like, it's not <laughs> fake hair, people. It's his hair. Yeah. I don't know why they think it's fake. Yeah, somebody somewhere said, can I run my fingers through it? What? Bit? What? <laughs> no. No. And by the way, thank you for pointing out that my skin has not been perfect. You know, the thing about it is I went to your esthetician and she mm -hmm. worked on me. Mm -hmm, and I haven't mm -hmm. been working with any esthetician uh, at, at, for a while because my skin was getting dry. And so... What I did was I started using all these products. Mm -hmm. I'm not used to wearing products on my face. Mm -hmm. And so it started, like, if I shave before I get here or put on the It'll products. It'll irritate it. Mm -hmm. It irritates the skin. Yeah. I saw myself in one of the videos. I was like, uh-uh. Yeah. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah. So I ain't got shit but water right now. My, I'm so dry. My skin is so dry. My lips right now feel like a motherfucking <laughs> bottom of a foot. Well, then you need to see Carla again. No, fuck that. I'm not seeing. I'm seeing me, me, God, and water. She's going to hydrate your skin. She'll do, like, a triple oxygen, oxygenating facial for you. I have a facialist in new york if mm -hmm. you ever this is a just i'm gonna endorse it right now her name is evelyn she's a little chinese lady mm -hmm. at oasis day spa on park avenue mm -hmm. when you walk in she goes oh <laughs> <laughs> she letting you know straight up nigga that shit is fucked up yeah but when she gets up on it she said she she worked on my face one day and she goes oh and she started to massage my hair i said ah, don't touch my hair because i don't want no issues with this line this line is precision mm -hmm, mm -hmm. she said oh oh yeah your line look like drake <laughs> yeah <laughs> you gotta go see evelyn well i'm just i'm just saying that you need to uh hydrate your face traveling also takes a lot of the hydration out of your just skin just put some shea butter on it all this fancy estheticians and this is this and this and this well, some shade, but but the only person, the only okay, okay, listen to the young person talking, okay? You see what I do. Damage is the person that actually made me feel really insecure. Let me just go ahead and put <laughs> this happened? out. I get it. Damage has abs, so everybody wants to fuck damage. I really am tired of hearing everybody wanting to fuck damage. And by the way, we're going to get you I'm not Merlin Santana sweater. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> Let's just make it. We got to leave that in 2020. Because if one more person go. says, this is kind of scary, yeah. they, they think I'm in the Illuminati and somehow have resurrected Merlin Santana, you cannot bring a dead body back. Mm. Tupac is dead. Biggie is dead. Merlin Santana is dead. Rest mm -hmm. in peace. And let's let's kill that right now. Please. But I was watching the video with my bad skin, and then here comes this motherfucker over here, <laughs> glowing, look, looking like they melted Hershey chocolate, just poured it on his Shea ass. Shea butter. That's it. Yeah. Well, but I only know nice one skin. person at Shea Butter, and that's Richie, the owner, and he won't call me back. Mm. I ain't paying for it mm. at this point. Endorse me, bitch. Yeah. Every not Richie, but everybody. <laughs> I wholeheartedly agree. So look, I've been waiting for you to be here to give the listeners uh, an understanding of go. your honest opinion about my book. I will not be hurt if you say it's trash, but I will say <laughs> it is number one in two categories on mm -hmm. Amazon. God must have forgotten about me. The link is going to be right here for a while. Uh, and I'm beating Re Rachel Maddow. Like, it's Ooh. my goal in life to be all the white mm -hmm. people who are successful at what I do, and I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, so... What do you I think? The Melissa Ford book review. So uh, the two episodes that you guys uh, taped before um, before the end of the year, yeah. I wasn't able to be here just because I was going through some really, really, really intense personal issues um, back home. My mom has cancer, and uh, I'm going to try really hard not to cry. 
So I want to ask first, did you guys talk about the show? Like Damage, I know you read it. Did you guys discuss? Yeah, we Damage, did. Damage did talk about can it, yes. I, so Can I ask what you thought about the book? You know, I've known Jason for a very long time. Yeah. You have, don't know him as long as I've known him as, you know, so I want to know. You're lucky. Which, yeah, I want to know what your perspective was. It's not going to influence mine. Mine is my own. So. I just think for me, um, a lot of these stories in the book mm -hmm. he has told throughout the time I've been on the show. Mm -hmm. And it's good to kind of put a streamline and a storyline to all the ideas and everything that makes up Jason. Mm -hmm. That was one of the bigger things. And then secondly, I feel like there's a lot of people that went through the same things, you know, as Jason is being a latchkey kid and feeling like they're being on, being on their own. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this is something somebody could read and kind of feel like they're not alone because mm -hmm. I feel like people that come up in certain situations like we did in, in the inner city, you feel like you're alone in a lot of your journeys. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with social media, you can find, you know, that outreach and that helping hand. But when you have something like that, because I'm sure a lot of people look up to Jason, there's mm -hmm. a lot of people that see Jason do while and now mm -hmm. he's on all different types of platforms to see that he came from here and it ended up this way. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's very inspirational. So it was a lot of things that took away from it. But. For me, the best part was to put all those stories that he kind of jokes about, mm -hmm. but I know he's serious, to put that in perspective and see how that affected the person we're sitting here with today. Right. Okay. Um, so this is, this is what I'll say. Um, over the course of our friendship, a lot of people, you know, before Hollywood Unlocked, before Love & Hip Hop, before even low-key messy, Mm. Uh, <laughs> before all of that i knew you yeah. we we met we met like back in like 2008 2009 the Go people ahead. that are listening here the mm -hmm. low-key mess you literally had to have known me for a long time to know that hollywood unlocked didn't just pop up yeah yeah that you you had been having you know you you'd been trying to conceptualize how you know what hollywood unlocked became you know but and you were you know you had all these great ideas but didn't know how to you know manifest them into reality mm -hmm. and low-key messy was one of them and when you told me the title i was like oh nigga. <laughs> 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 okay but um so i've known jason for a really long time and th this is honest a lot of the time in the very beginning, a lot of people used to question why I was friends with Jason because he was like, it's my nickname for him, Scorched Earth, you know, like Damn. he's he was a lunatic and an alcoholic, at t you know, no, say it. Yeah. Uh, he discovered and this was during the birth of Twitter. So yeah, what I was feeling and what I was consuming. He, if, it, if, it, if it was in his head, it flew out of his mouth and in and, and his fingers Damn. and Twitter rants that not, were not epic. one, not one filter. The, Nothing. The, there was one particular Twitter rant. I'm not even going to go over what it was, but I literally called him. I said, Jason, stop right now. And one of the things I said, I was just like, you will be judged in your future by your past. I was just like, I know you cannot see past this moment, but I can please stop. Whoever put a battery in your back, stop talking to the Please. It was a three day rant. It, he wouldn't stop. Uh, all day. Y'all can't sit here and bring up this rant and not give us a piece. No, it, it, you know, <laughs> yeah. what goes on in Vegas doesn't stay in Vegas. I'll just say that It much. ends up on Twitter. It ends up on Twitter. Um, and so, you know, people used to ask me at times, why are you friends with Jason? Because he's like, he's, he's toxic. He's this, he's that. And, you know, I, I went to school for psychology and that sort of thing. And then, and then that just makes you so understanding to people's pain and the, and the things that the trauma that they carry with them and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And I would always say, I'm just like, I can't, cause I know who he is. Like I know who his, what his spirit is. I know. And I just know that he suffered a lot of trauma in his life and I refuse to make him pay for it twice. You know what I'm saying? Like we have a very different relationship than he has with a lot 
lot of people. And you are now self-actualizing. You are now coming into the person that I always knew you were underneath all of those levels. In tweets. All of those levels. I deleted all the tweets, by the way. Don't go look uh, for ooh. it because I, once I started Hollywood Unlocked, I went and looked at like, I went 3,000 back yeah, and it I was, was like, I had to cut them out. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. it was vicious. It was vicious. Um, but so it's, it's, I never knew what the trauma was, so to speak. I never knew, like there's this one particular moment where you talk about your mom and um, uh, foster, uh, the, uh, DCFS is that what they're yeah. called mm-hmm. um when she called them when she called them to yeah. come get I mean I'm sitting on the floor in I'm sitting on the floor in my apartment reading this book I read it in basically 48 hours with you know some sleep hiking involved and you know errands and stuff like that but I I read the whole book and I'm sitting on the floor reading this this book and it's it's engrossing it's 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 traumatic and you don't want to think about a child going through what the things that you went through. Mm-hmm. You really don't. It's horrific. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's amazing that you're still standing um, and that you've persevered to the, to, you know, to the level that you have because the first seven years of your life, Jesus, mm-hmm. like it's, it's not for the faint of heart, you know? Um, and I think that a lot of people are going to, you know, maybe see parts of themselves in it. Um, maybe what did, what did you think about your relationship with your mother reading my relationship with mine? Wow. It's a whole lot. It's a, it's much better than, than you your, think so? it's, it's much better than, than your relationship with yet yeah, because my mom didn't, uh, didn't abandon me. Mm-hmm. You know, she, she didn't do that. Um, I think that with my mother, um, with my mother, she just didn't have the tools to, um, know how to deal with such a strong personality as mine. You know, I mean, my mother's di- mother died when she was 15 years old. Um, you know, my mother met my father very shortly afterwards. Um, and there's a 21 year age difference between my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother was an extraordinarily beautiful woman who never knew it. You know, and ever reinforced those wonderful things about my mother for her to flourish and blossom into you know into a you know really like uh, a spirited woman like I am Mm -hmm. um and I and and that's that's sad you know I'm sorry I just I don't want to start crying but I'm just like my heart is just broken for my mother (laughs) and I just, she just, I look at her and I just think to myself, thank God that I have an opportunity to like make our relationship so much better Mm. because you didn't really get that opportunity. Mm. And it's just, it's, it's just so sad when somebody has just kind of lived a version of a condemned life and didn't get to do all the things that we do. Mm -hmm. We we live Mm -hmm. a wonderful life. Mm -hmm. We travel. We make our own decisions. We've created our business. We're entrepreneurs. Yeah, it's it's just fucking hard. Mm-hmm. But the but the um but the outcome, like you know, like I mean, it's all said and done. You know, you you can the 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 feeling that you get of I did that. You know, um, the only thing my mom feels like she can do from this life, you know, is to try to make my life easier 
And but that was the parallel, I think, between my mom and your mom. <clears throat> and I also think, like, you know, just as your mother had her trauma with her mom, you know, my mother was raped by her father, which yeah. I talk mm. about in the book. And when I look at, like, where we've been able to grow past, you know, you know, we, we could have lived in that. We could have repeated that. Yeah. You know, I've chosen not to have children because of the fact that I did not have proper parenting. And I realized that. I'm not going to bring a kid into this world, especially as crazy as this world is, unless I know for sure that kid is going to be the only priority in my life. I just don't see that for myself right now. I agree. And I think that, you know, like what I appreciate about you and your ability to have this relationship with your mom is that, yeah, you do find value in trying to fix the relationship while she's going through what she's going through. And I did not. I mean, you know, we really tried to start literally at the end of her life, you know, and and I think that's why I wrote this book now because people are saying, you know, when somebody, when my agents heard about the book, they were like, why don't you wait until you have a daytime talk show and then you have a bigger platform? I'm like, listen, everybody watching, everybody here, everybody in the room has a platform. Mm. Whether it's 3,000, 300,000, or 3 yeah. million, we all have a platform. And I know, having watched interviews that we've done, that we were a little show that just did a little interview that went super viral all over the world. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have a million followers to tell your story. That story, if it has the right impact, will reach everybody that it needs to. And I really felt like, what better time? Why do I wait to the end of my journey in my career to drop a memoir when I want to drop something now that I can continue to go out and inspire people? It's literally birthed a whole new outlook on, you know, made me go back and say, when I started Hollywood Unlocked, I said, you know, once I get to this goal, I'm going to start giving back. Mm-hmm. I woke up one day and said, I surpassed that goal a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, once I become syndicated TV, well, we're syndicated radio. So now we've started building out, like, how can we go and touch people with these stories and give them the hope that we found on our own, mm-hmm. that you as a person who was adopted found on your own mm-hmm. to not become the cycle that continues to permeate communities all over the world that we come from. Mm. And I think that um, I really wanted to hear what you thought about it because, yeah, the first seven years was crazy as hell. But even up until, you know, even after that was crazy. Yeah, yeah you know? no, it was. I mean, like the death of, you know, your your brother, Rodney, yeah. um, that that was fucked up, mm-hmm. you know? Like, and I, I'm not trying to give stuff away in the book. You have to read the book to find out the circumstances. But it made me so angry because, I mean, like, here's this here's this person who was basically, like, the, really the only parental figure you kind of have. And his life was taken away, like, snuffed out over something that had nothing to do with him. Mm-hmm. Just, like, wrong place, wrong time type of thing. And it's just, like, I was I was really angry for you. And that's why I think that the book is... Um, is going to reach a lot of people because I'm going to use my favorite word here. You mm-hmm. really have a very, um, as a reader, you have a very visceral reaction to the things that you're writing about. You feel sadness. You feel um, pain. You feel anger. You feel, you know, you laugh along with some of the silly shit that went on in your life and the things that you did. And you can actually see the temper tantrums that you would have, like when you would just, oh, fuck this, fuck that, fuck you, you know? Like, you can see you doing and that. And how that manifests into a grown adult on Twitter yeah, saying, fuck it. Yeah. Fuck everything. Scorched yeah. earth. Yeah. Why? Because my earth has already been scorched. Yeah. And I think it's it gives context. Again, I, I keep trying to tell people, 
please read the book and enjoy it and get from it what you can. But understand, I'm still me and I'm yeah. still human and I'm still going to get up here and talk yeah. and do what I do. But I also learned, too, that like, you know, over the years, I learned that I don't have to burn somebody's world down to make me feel better mm-hmm. because they did something to me because I was finding validation in, OK, you did this to me. But guess what? I just destroyed your whole world. Yeah. I will even say up to last year with Nikki, like it got mm-hmm. personal. Mm-hmm. It didn't have to get personal. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so I've left that go. We don't even write about her anymore. Like mm-hmm. we're moving on. We don't want no problems. Gio Benitez, who was a uh, he works for ABC News and Good Morning America. I watch it every day. Me and him, we start following each other and exchanging. I sent him the uh, book. I sent him the book to take a look at. He said, Forgiveness is letting go of the hope that the past could be any different. Perhaps my favorite aha from Oprah, uh, because it perfectly characterized the way I look at life, is that every little thing that has happened and every relationship with another human, good or bad, has led me to where I am today. And so I forgive them not. Well, I I forgive them not. I forgive not for them, but for me. It is what I thought about reading your book. So it, it was just uh, one of those things where there's been a lot of self reflection. Again. I'm not saying that this is a, a rebranding tool yeah. or I'm going to be any different on the radio tour yeah. to a tool. It, this is literally just my story. Yeah. And uh, I'm so surprised that we have uh, we're going around and touring now and tickets are selling out and people are coming to listen to it. So I just I really wanted to hear what you But thought. is that what you felt is the did you really feel the um, I am I am doing I'm I am forgiving for myself is that what you felt like in writing this and writing these stories my whole goal was let me put it all in writing so Uh my father my mother my brother's death the woman who killed him who's out now Mm -hmm. had she been released probably a month or two after she killed him I wouldn't be sitting here right you would have you you saw the story where we had the guns and went to the place yeah when people are mad at me about the title online, God must for how you say God must have forgot about you. Oh, people need to calm the fuck. You down. have you have a you have a when you go back and look over your life. Mm-hmm. God was with me that night in that hallway, right? Because if that door would have opened, I wouldn't be here right now. Because mm-hmm. I know in my mind, and you know, just in building, you see me. Mm-hmm. When I have my mind made up on something, mm-hmm. it's going to happen. Mm-hmm regardless of the consequence or the benefit. Mm-hmm. And that was a night where I know, that's why I said all through my life, I thought he wasn't there. But, you know, you learn over the thing. And, and it's, it, it was been a personal thing. I will tell you, having right, when I said I was going to therapy, writing this, and I will tell everybody writing the story, even just how you're emotional talking about your mom, when, mm-hmm. and I know you're starting your journey of doing it. Mm-hmm. It is the most... Cathartic? Yes, but the roller coaster. Yeah. Like you you write it, it's final, but now you want to proofread it. So yeah. now proofread it, you have to go through the details because you have to describe what the room felt like. You know, uh, I think I talk about, you know, my brother's brains were laying on the yeah, ground. Yeah, you did. And people were stepping in them. Yeah. yeah. That's so, crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, it, it, it's it's a, uh, you have to be ready to go through it all. And, yeah. and if you're going to write a book, especially like a book like this, you have to put it all out there. Yeah. Even the description of being molested is in the book. Yeah. You know? is. And anyway, it's it's very it's very descriptive. And I mean, I just I thought about the, you know, you talking about forgiveness because um, on my show, I did a whole episode about forgiveness. But I did it before I talked to my mom. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew my mom was sick, but I didn't know how mm-hmm. sick. Yeah. And I was still holding on to my anger. And now I want to erase the episode because it's like I felt like, oh, my God, the level of guilt that that I'm, that 
the level of guilt that I'm carrying around is like a fucking bag of bricks. Mm -hmm. It's like insane. And just in terms of like your relationship with your mom, I just, I hope people kind of understand that any judgment that they had for you prior to reading this, to understand the weight of everything you were fucking carrying around. We all have our stuff, but some of us are carrying around a load, like a heavier load than others. Mm -hmm. And there, and we're doing so, um, maybe not even maybe not even knowing how heavy that load is until mm -hmm. we actually have the the wherewithal or the maturity or like the articulation to actually understand it. Mm -hmm. You know, um, like when you were talking about being molested and not understanding the concept of molestation, what it really actually was mm -hmm. just felt wrong mm -hmm. you know um it was it was it was it was deep it was deep well i appreciate you reading it yeah and uh and people laugh at me oh he just listens to gospel music the easters explains why yeah. it's <laughs> so influential in my life you yeah. know and and if you look at like edwin who died right mm -hmm. yeah i didn't even go to his funeral yeah you gotta get the book to read about edwin but, the, but I try not to live with regrets because at that moment in time, you know, I have a fun I have my brother's funeral. My foster dad, who was a big part of my story, yeah. mm -hmm. preaches at his funeral and dies a week later. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, like, you know, but what I will say is that even with all those dark stories and the reason why I told them all is that so many people watching the show, like, they all in the comments, I'm going to get the book, I'm going to get the book to support. And I appreciate that. Get the book for you. Mm -hmm. Get the book to know, like, you're going through what you're going through with your mom. After my brother's death, what I got the strength of, and this is probably not healthy, I'm going to go to therapy and figure it out, was I said, fuck that. I'm not mourning shit else for more than three weeks. Right. I'm not mourning yeah, more than three weeks. Yeah. So when my mother died, I, I said this, and I tried to be as candid as I could without seeming like an asshole, is I don't wish for any of our relationship to be different mm -hmm. because I learned so many things in it. you know. And, I, and people say, well, what's the one thing in your book that you could change if you could is it selfish to say nothing no because it made you who you are that's what i was gonna say yeah. you know it gave me the strength to figure shit out yeah. so i'm glad i wanted you two to read it because your opinions mattered and you know i hope people pick it up it's available you know go out there and get it yeah. and now you got to get to working on yours oh no i it's it's happening yeah. i mean you know i i thought <laughs> i thought to myself you know your book came out and i was just like fuck i'm behind <laughs> But then I had to also Motivation. realize. No, 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 no. You were in a car accident. I forgot about, okay. you know, I was just like, oh, wait, a year and a half ago, I almost died. You, no, you had another chapter to work yeah. on. Yeah. For real. Yeah. You know? I, I had I almost died. And then I had to regain. This show is a reality show. Yeah, I had to regain everything. I had to, you know, walk and talk and do all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Get over broken heart. And then I was, oh, yeah, come back to work mm -hmm. and figure out what that felt like, yeah. you know, normalize that again, and then start a new brand. I've, I've kind of been doing some things. Yeah, you've been doing the work. And I and so the whole smell the roses kind of thing that we talk about a lot, of, mm -hmm. a lot, you know, as an entrepreneur, you're kind you're always thinking four or five, 10 steps ahead, that when you've accomplished something, you do not think you don't cheer for yourself no, or pat you yourself on it. the back, you can't bask in it, because you're like, Oh, yeah, no, 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 I already knew that was gonna happen. Mm -hmm. So I'm already five steps ahead. Yeah. But for the you know during the the Christmas season when I was at home dealing with all my 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 home life stuff, um, 
I just had to sit back and actually realize, and your book also made me think like that, you know, like I hope, I, I hope that he's really relishing in this moment because that is a massive accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to sit back and give myself a break for thinking that I'm behind considering what I went I through. I had to think the same. No, yeah. that's the thing. No matter what you got going on, we all feel like we ain't doing enough. Yeah. yeah. And just surviving was enough. Yeah. You know? What is it? And is it social media that makes us think that we're not doing enough because we're looking at everybody else's lives? Nah. Because everybody don't feel like that. It's called ambition. Oh, You're okay. supposed to feel like that. You're supposed to always be hungry for the next thing. What's the next thing? What's the next chapter? Yeah. That's that's actually a blessing. But Everybody I, doesn't feel like that. But I will say, even with all the ambition, I do sometimes feel some of what she does. Like, in the sense of, like, I'll give you an example, right? Mm-hmm. December, I got really sick. Mm-hmm. There's, like, this badass flu going Everybody on in LA. Everybody was so sick. I had just said, I haven't been sick in so long. I ain't been sick in so long. That shit hit you in the next they day. They was like, hey, nigga. <laughs> we're here. Is right here. Fuck. <laughs> I mean, like, and you know, my my uh, my lymph nodes got swollen, so I'm like, well, there's cancer, <laughs> you know. Oh my God, no. Then I was, then I was coughing. Right. Then I was coughing. I'm like, oh, this is this it's is SARS. No, this is a blood. <laughs> there's a blood clot in my it's lung. Everything. Oh, by the way, shout out to the doctor at Kaiser Permanente. I said, go over to Kaiser. You know, I used to be the union rep leader over there, whatever. I go to Kaiser. I try to sneak in when I got a cold or some shit ain't right. I try to go somewhere where nobody know me. Because if you give me really bad news, like I need a closet to cry in, right? So this doctor comes in and he doesn't know me, but I think his nurse does. So she's like giddy, like, oh, my God, hi, how, you know, whatever. She said everything other than congratulations on your new book. Yeah. The doctor comes in and he says, so your throat's not well. I go, no. He goes, OK, um, uh, are, do you, are you sexually active? Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, well, uh, I don't know what pamphlet this is in. <laughs> but I said, yeah, I, I'm sexually active. And he goes, OK, men or women or everything. And I say everything. What is what? what That's what you say. You said everything. What category is that? At the Census Bureau, that's not a category. Everything. I said I'm I'm sexually attracted to men, but what was this line of questioning? Like, is this a Tinder date? What the fuck is happening? So he says, Well, no, I just want to know, like, you know, for all the tests that I want to run. I said, Okay, cool. Well, you know, run it. And he goes, um, oral or anal? I said, hold on, sir. I need to know right now where we going with this. He said, Cause he taking you somewhere. So we have that conversation. So he says, you know, let me check your ears. Let me mm-hmm. check your heart. And he says, now let me check your throat. Say, ah, you know, when you're a kid, when you go to the doctor to get your physical, they yeah. put the little, uh, I say it's the ice cream cone stick on your tongue and yeah. go, ah, okay. I say, ah, this nigga puts a swab in the back of my throat and says, I'm testing you for gonorrhea. I Damn. was so <laughs> conflicted on how to feel. <laughs> yeah. First of all, I said, Sir, I'm going to just be honest with you. I don't know whether to be mad at you or thank you for being thorough. But my nigga, you just swabbed my throat for gonorrhea. Anyway, it came back. I don't have gonorrhea. Good. Thank you. And I made it through. But I say all that to say I spent time. (laughs) (laughs) Long story. I said all that to say I'm going to come back. Okay. I say all that to say health care is important. And I was laying in bed. I was for the last three weeks of December. I had all these plans. I'm going to go to Brazil mm-hmm. for New Year's. I'm going to go to Italy to see the Pope for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Get your hand sh- slapped. I ain't do shit. Right. Mm-hmm. 
He's spicy. He should have popped her. No, ass. he yeah. was right. Yeah, no, I know, I know, <laughs> I like him. He's do. spicy. He don't, he don't want anyone kissing the ring, yanking on his hand. He'd be like, listen, he's old. He almost put him on the ground. Yeah. The Pope needs to be on Love and Hip Hop. I'm <laughs> confident that he's ready to slap a bitch. No, but I will say, I was watching everybody's post on yachts. Mm -hmm. I was watching them in Israel. I was watching them in Italy. I was watching them in Dubai and That's all that. Cool and you know what? I used to feel like FOMO. I was missing out of shit. Fear of missing out. Because social media will make you think you're not yeah. doing enough. I yeah. know people that are taking fake pictures with fake with brands, <laughs> acting like they got brand deals because they believe that will attract other brand deals. Yeah. I'm not doing that shit. I right. felt no more pressure. I got up. I went grocery shopping for the first time, and I don't know how long. Mm. I'm cooking my own food. I'm cleaning my own kitchen. I'm this going, is amazing to me. Going to the gym and listening to Kanye's new choir album, which is fucking fire. And drinking tons of water and reading and chilling. Good for you. And I'm at peace with that. I don't feel I need to like. There's definitely peace in running your own race for sure. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, put that, that on a t-shirt. That, 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 that was profound, motherfucker. That's look at look at look at Merlin coming through. With, <laughs> with the word, it's coming through. Me. And he's not DJ Drama. Well, after DJ Drama beat the shit out of his girlfriend, people definitely know you ain't him. <laughs> That nigga went viral. He beat her ass, and then she went right back to posting them on Instagram. Like, women, y'all need to say in 2020, this new decade, we not getting our ass beat no more and staying with the nigga. Like, that's just, no. And be good to your children, because they're going to grow up and Please. write a book about you. I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, shit. So, for more information on where I'm going, uh, I know Delaware, Dallas, Houston, Stockton, all those dates are on my website or on my Instagram. You can go check those out. Make sure you get tickets if they're still available. If they're not, you can buy the book online, and um, what we even people are asking: Can they mail their book, and we'll sign it and mail it back to them? We'll do that too. So yeah. we'll figure out the address. That's All a, right. Are you trying to come on the show? I'm here for the food. Yeah, sure. Let me know. Thanks. Yeah, I'm working on like I have like. <laughs> do not put me in touch with a motherfucking pu publicist. I'll punch you in your face. We will work it out. I'm just trying. There's like two shows that I'm in talks with right now about going on that I think are. That, that want the exclusive, and so I'm figuring that out. And hopefully okay, we well, that we'll wait for you. We'll wait for after the exclusive. That's fine. Okay, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's fine. I'll get a whole <clears throat> different kind of energy out of you, mm -hmm. these motherfuckers. Well, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so Damage New Year, you're still a good dad. You're still all over Instagram with your son. Sunday Fun Day is a whole thing. What else is, what, what is your new outlook <gasps> on this new decade? Man, it's, it's a good feeling. I think 2019, I was still in shock coming out of, Working for people for so long mm -hmm. and then somehow linking up with you two, linking up with Jason kind of showed me a different perspective on how to run my life. You know, you guys are really living the entrepreneurial life. I, I used to do that when I was going into college. Like everything I did was DJ based. I was carrying my own speakers. I had my own business going. And then once I started getting into radio and television, I got to pull away from that. Mm -hmm. So and I it got, makes you a little complacent. Way, I was way yeah. complacent. I think 2019, I was like coming out of my shock. Like, it's a new structure, new life, mm. and I need to be more intentional. So I kind of was just sitting back, you know, being a fly on the wall, really learning a lot from how you move and learning a lot from how you move. And I'm like kind of organizing how I'm going to attack this new decade. Literally, when the ball dropped, I was in there with two journals right now, all my goals. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't try to go out. I have the perfect journal for you. Hold on, uh, Kelvin. <clears throat> remember that uh, the journal we bought for all the staff. I have an extra one I want to give you. It's going to change your life. I, I can use a third journal. Okay. But that's really what I'm about, man. Just being more intentional. I being... want one. <laughs> One. Okay, fine. You want to take damages moment? Fine, we'll oh, get you one okay, too. Okay, no, thank you. Okay, sorry. I think, I think we have some extra. Ones. Okay, thank you. <laughs> we'll sorry. both get a journal, but yeah, I okay. want to be more intentional. With like with, with my business, with my 
my career with, with my son, you know. So that's really what I've been on, just really being focused, being way more intentional, not just being so laid back. Because I feel like 2018, 2019, there was just so much going on. I just kind of fell to the background. So I'm just trying to be more aggressive. On Can I just say, on, on New Year's Eve, you know, um, I posted an old picture. I'm going to be honest. I was not in the fucking water in <laughs> on some beach with a fucking mo- Moet bottle. Mm-hmm. It was the theme I was going for. Okay, 2020, let's do this. And I want to be in a bikini. It's a goal. <laughs> champagne. It's, a, it's a goal. It's, that's an actual Good. picture, but not at the moment. Because what I was doing on New Year's Eve was I was going through um, all of my, I was going through my whole life because we're packing up. My mother, you know, sold our house, the house I grew up in as a child. So I had literally one foot in the deep past, the like the mm. 80s, the 90s, looking through all these photographs and reading like, the first version of text messages when you're in high school and you write a note to your friend and then, you know, class breaks and you see them in the hallway yeah. and you pass them the note yeah. and then they figure, they fill out their part and then they see you the next period and they hand you back the note. So that was the first version of text messaging people. Um, so I'm reading all this stuff and, but then we're entering into 2020. So it was very discombobulating. Like the whole idea of like the past and present and basically what it made me think was like you said, living life with intention yeah every single day living with intention because i'm looking around at all this stuff you know like physical stuff you know uh, the house cars whatever and my mom's you know possibly dying and it doesn't matter like Mm. stuff doesn't matter intention matters living your life with purpose matters exactly that is all that matters and contributing to other people's lives matters Mm -hmm. you know and that is what i hope you know everyone's like new decade new year new me well really think about what the fuck that actually means like that's a challenge to live your life with intention and i guess maybe we should all try and be like less dickheadish you know (laughs) well well, we're gonna try listen i i I ain't gonna try not 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 us not us not us per se i have to tell you know your weaknesses right like know who you are i am so comfortable with who I've grown up to be. Yeah. You know, I you know, we start the book talking about my mom was told to abort me. Yeah. Like everything for my whole life was stacked against me. I will say, 2019 that last they should have never gave me time to think. <laughs> no, they should have never gave me time to think. My team has been around me. I know they probably they probably have a whole separate text group saying we don't know what vibe this nigga's on today, <laughs> but just keep, you know why? Because I, I am purging. Mm-hmm. I am purging people. I had already purged so many to. people when I got to Hollywood Unlocked and this and that. But even I had this epiphany. How many celebrities have tried to act like they were my friend in 2019? I started watching how people move publicly versus how we talk privately. Mm-hmm. And I started saying, oh, you became friends with Hollywood Unlocked so they wouldn't do their job. Mm-hmm. I had to remember who I was. I had to remember what I created, why I created this. I didn't create Hollywood Unlocked to go after people. I didn't create Hollywood Unlocked to be swayed by our relationships with people. So I have to really focus on what I'm doing, what I'm building, and why I'm building it, and be very intentional. Yeah. Intention is But the also word. be very intentional about the type of people that I allow around me. People I'm listening now to the whispers of what I should be thinking, to the loud noise of who I should be talking to. Nobody gets to tell me what I do for me and my business. And so I'm really looking at like, at this point, y'all thought I was on fire before. I am so rested up. I'm Mm -hmm. so rested up. I 
I, I stopped feeling guilty for sleeping in. I stopped mm. feeling guilty for staying in bed a whole day. Mm. I was laying in bed one whole day. I felt guilty. I said, because you feel guilty, guess what? You're staying in bed a whole next day tomorrow. <laughs> and I enjoyed it. Yeah. And I said, I deserve that. And I felt more youthful. I never thought you'd ever get to that point. Oh, yeah, fuck that. I'm not burning myself. So, so that way my legacy is about being burned up and then burning myself out? No, we're not doing that. Yeah, but when I say we need to be less dickheadish, I mean we collectively, like, people. Yeah. Because I'd say, I would say one of the things that really affected me um, towards the end of the year, besides dealing with, um, you know, my mom and the diagnosis and knowing she was selling the house and me being 3,000 miles away from it all and seeing her on Skype and seeing how much weight she's lost from the anemia and the chemotherapy... Um, comments on social media were killing me. But you can control I, that. No, I no, I know. I but I, I, no, no, no. But no, 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 no. We cannot be dismissive about this because social media has been created as a dopamine hit to us. Okay, there's a reason why the people that have created these platforms do not let their children on them. There mm. is a reason because they know it is addictive. And when everything is going wrong in your life, what do you look forward to? You look for you look for some validation. You look for some comfort. And a lot of times. The best of us find it in the praise we find in our comments section on social media. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not, I, I'm not exempt from that. I was going through a really, really difficult time. I was spending more time on social media, which was the worst thing I could be doing. And I started to actually say some truths that I had never really said before about an experience that happened on a video set involving Wu-Tang. I, I did Claudia Jordan's show over on, on Fox Soul, and I started talking about this experience that never you know, I never wanted to talk about before and the amount of negative the, the amount of criticism I received from it made me made me say this is why women don't come forward this is why women hold on to the secrets of sexual harassment sexual abuse sexual um, assaults for years and years and decades and decades because they are routinely questioned as to what were you doing, what were you wearing, why were you there, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just like, this is why they stay silent. But women have a choice like I did with my book to reclaim their power, right? You can be the woman who says, why me, why me, why me? Like me for years yeah. was why me my, with my brother. Yeah. I remember 10 years of pure depression over his murder. Yeah. But then I had to take control of that. I had to take control and say, you know mm -hmm. what? And it was Dr. Phil who said to this woman, why are you choosing to live in the one day she died, talking about the woman's daughter, mm -hmm. instead of the 18 years the she life. lived? Mm -hmm. It was a moment where I was like, I had forgotten all the moments yeah. because I was so marred by the way he passed. So right. I will say this, why me, why, why me, or whoa, or whatever they say that saying is, whatever, we got to like literally just fall back from it and say fuck it it ain't but, it ain't real yeah and, and don't be and don't be um defensive about your truth if you saying how you say what you say and that's what you felt i won't even look for anybody to say anything because it doesn't matter no i no, i know and so when i when i say that i, I it's not that i was go go went looking for these comments they were directed to me so even if i opened up my page mm -hmm. 
they were directed to me. When you at somebody, they're gonna right, you're, but you're gonna be, see but it. But be so busy You'll and so martyr. consumed uh, I, with what you're doing I'm just, that it don't even no, matter. No, I'm just saying at the time yeah. it was happening. Yeah. Oh, at the time, I yeah. literally I had no defenses left. Yeah. I had I had nothing left to give. Like you were talking about how the end of the year almost took you out. Yeah. We were on the same we were mm-hmm. on the same wavelength. Mm-hmm. Just different things happening for yeah, us. Yeah, I was getting tests for gonorrhea. So I I wasn't because <laughs> it's uh, yeah nothing's going on but the rent. Um, but but yeah, so it just, I was at a deficit. You know, I, I just, I didn't have anything left. So, well, listen, I, folks, I, I'll tell you, you know, the, the, somebody came to my page and said, why don't you cover the, the what's going on in Mississippi? We are writing about Mississippi. I'm not going to waste my time. Like, you, you don't even do your research. And by the way, go to a new bundle collector because them bundles ain't right. See, I told you I was going to be a dickhead. <laughs> well, we have somebody coming in right now and we have uh, Poppy Chulo in the building. Now, mind you, people, my viewers listening are like, where in the Dominican Republic is this? <laughs> taking place. <laughs> Clearly, we are still here in Hollywood, but welcome to the show, yes, sir. So Thank you, you, you know, I think the only other guests we've had with this kind of jewelry has been Floyd Mayweather. Have we had anybody else that's been? I mean, um, Trina, Trina was blinged out. Was she? Yeah. Okay. Well, so I, I don't know if she had the pinky ring though. Well, I mean, <laughs> I was saying to Poppy Chulo, listen, if you're gonna come here with all this ice, go ahead and leave a parting gift. Yeah. Because you know Hollywood unlocked. We still, you know, we still work. <laughs> I thought you said we steal. <laughs> <laughs> We don't steal no, we anymore. Don't steal. <laughs> All right. So uh, so you're an entrepreneur that's clearly out here making a lot of money. Yes, sir. And yes, sir. Uh, we, we uh, frequently have people here who our viewers want to learn more from because everybody wants to get money. Yeah. Um, and so uh, tell us about your business because you're the creator of Skip to Seven Figures. You have the Skip to Seven Figures program. Yes, sir. Yes, okay. Sir. So I'm going to be listening as you explain it because I'm trying to skip to, well, I'm trying to skip to eight, but if I could learn right the seven i just need to add a little bit on it there we go there we go <laughs> well um basically you know i'm just piggybacking off my my company that actually made me the fortune um ko elixir you know it's a skincare company for ladies you know and men too if you, mm. you know if you got stretch marks say you like waist slimming you know i'm the guy and you know with me creating the program skip the seven figures it was basically me showing people how i done it in such a short amount of time mm-hmm. And so you did that through KO Elixir, through products. Yeah, through products. Nice. So, social media marketing. So social media, SEO, is it all of that? Um, really just influencer marketing, mm-hmm. you know, just like dealing with people like you guys, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, Who did you have, like, uh, uh, promoting the product? And tell me more about it, because I'm a woman. Got like, you. I got sell you. it to me. I got you. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we had numerous people. <clears throat> um, Rashida, pretty hey. much the whole mm-hmm. Love & Hip Hop cast, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it's the fame people, you know, because I was like one of the influencers as well. And I was just seeing a lot of people paying me for certain things that I was doing as well. I'm like, and okay. you were making them a ton of money for like, exactly. for the low. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so, okay, so with KO Elixir, it was was it your, always your vision that you were going to get into beauty products? Is it not, I mean, because, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I mean, I, do, I know you like yeah. beauty products, but I, I mean, I ain't, I ain't thought about it in the trajectory of my career. Right. Is okay. it something that you wanted to do? Um, well, I basically started with affiliate marketing. Okay. You know, um, working for everybody else, you know, pretty much pushing their products. Mm-hmm. And um, everything was going great once, because I, I normally just try different products every month just to see what's getting the most traction, the most likes. With your audience? Yeah, with my oh, audience. Okay. You know, and I'll just create something, you know, deal with influencers smaller because, of course, my budget wasn't, is what it is now. And just going about it that way. And, you know, one thing led to another. I realized, okay, this is making money. 
But one of the owners from the business I was working with, they held my money for like three months. I already put down on the house, lost that, because mm-hmm. I'm like, I can't, can't pay that, obviously, now. And I was like, man, if I'm making all this money for them, I might as well try to do it for myself. Mm-hmm. And so then you created the Skip to Seven Figures program because that was a way of teach basically selling the game and telling exactly. people like here's here's how I did it and you could do it too. So tell people about that. Is yeah. it like, it's like an online course that people can subscribe to? Exactly. Okay. You know, it's me teaching step by step. Um I have videos on there like how to start a business, mm-hmm. step by step with the pictures and everything, you know, how to grow a business. And I believe with me doing seven figures in six months, I have a lot to offer people. Because mm-hmm. I started my company with three hundred dollars, you know, and we ended the year with three million. So is that what made you quit your nine to five? Oh man, um, it's a, it's quite a story with that. Um, I was at Skechers, you know, hey, um, selling shoes, selling shoes, <laughs> selling shoes, oh, and wow. then you put, and then you walk right out. <laughs> <laughs> now they got the little hilly seat pressure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I actually did a video on it as well, man. Me actually trying to go find my old boss just so I can thank him, you know, because I had a lot of anger in me, and basically it went back to the point where my mom had a stroke, and my sister reached out to me during my lunch break. It was a Saturday, it was busy, but I'm the type of person where I'm gonna come in for you even when I'm not even on the schedule if you need me. I only ask for respect no matter where I go. No matter where I go work at, I just need respect. Mm-hmm. And I'll rent, I'll do this like it's my company. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, long story short, I asked him, he wasn't with it. He was like, you better get back out there and sell some more shoes. You know? Did they say that at Skechers? Yes. Damn. Yes. Damn. It's this. Yes. It was a Saturday. I know it was highly stressful because that's our busiest day. Mm-hmm. And but you know, there's still no reason for you to talk to somebody who you know who you was considering as a friend. Yeah. So you know, I was like, I had two decisions: either throw down with him right then and there, or just walk out and just go see my mom at the hospital. And mm-hmm. I chose a second option. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how was your childhood and how did that mold you into the entrepreneur? Because I know for me, I went through a rough time that's mm-hmm. kind of given me a lot of skills of being driven and surviving loss and right. blah, blah, blah. How did, what was your experience like? Well, my mom was always into apartment management. And my dad was always like the head maintenance man. So it pretty much went hand in hand together mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with, you know, learning how to manage and learning how to deal with people, mm-hmm. you know, because everybody got their issues when they come in there. Yo, my water and this mm-hmm. and that. Mm-hmm. And just seeing my dad going there and fixing it as efficient and quick as possible, you know, just killing it. So I'm like, OK, cool. So it, wor- it helped to develop your work ethic. Exactly. OK, exactly. And just seeing that, man, and coming up. You know, selling candy in school. Yeah. You know, because my mom, she wasn't into buying all the nice shoes and stuff. You know, mm-hmm. she was like, shoes is shoes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, <laughs> I'm taking your ass to sketches. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like, I can't walk around with some Sakotis or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, I had them, man. You know, I'm like, you know. I don't even know what those are. <laughs> but you know, like, I'm like, man, I want to buy my first pair of Air Forces. So yeah, yeah. I saved up. I was selling my lunch at school, coming home hungry every single day. <laughs> Mom, like, dang, did you not eat enough? And I'm like, nah, I ate a little something. That was 175 I was making every single day until I was able to pay, you know, $80 for the Air Force. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. so when people pop up online as the guru for any type of business, the first thing our fans or anybody says is, ah, this is a scam. That's yep. a scammer. Here he comes straight out of Nigeria <laughs> with some bullshit. Yahoo boy. Have you ever had people question, your, you know, your whether it's true or not true or your success? All the time, all the time. And how do you deal with that? Um, Man, I basically just tell people to stick around, follow me for a while. You know, um, you don't have to do exactly what I want you to do mm-hmm. starting out. 
I'm a person where you can be around for a long time because I understand business. Mm-hmm. I understand there's three types of customers. It's the emotional buyer, the person who buys, you know, based off of how you make them feel, the impulse buyer, the That's person. That's me. <laughs> you know, the person who would buy immediately because they like something. You That's know? me too. Or it's the person who sticks around, got to stick around for a couple months, see how things goes, and then once they finally see, develop yeah. that trust with you, then that's when they're like, okay, cool. All right, so I have a question, right? I feel like there's a lot of people that want to quit their sketchers job and start a business, right. but why do you feel like people, where do they go wrong when trying to start a business? Like, Man, um, the lack of information. The yeah. lack of information, because everybody has a certain idea from somebody who they heard, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? And it's normally like the people who are close to you, but the people who are close to you tend to not have their own business, you know? So they're just talking in general mm-hmm. and you're going off of what somebody <laughs> said in general mm-hmm. versus, hey, you need to learn A, B, C, D, and then go for it. Was there a lot of people who discouraged you from quitting the nine to five to, you know, and then venturing into your, your own business and becoming an entrepreneurial entrepreneur, like full time. Is there anybody who'd like discouraged you? Of course, everybody. Yeah. Really? Everybody. Wow. You know, nobody didn't believe that, you know, at least it wouldn't be possible. Only because I always tried to do something, you know, if it's hustling, petty hustling, whatever mm. it is, I'm trying to sell it. And what are the majority of them doing right now? Still, they still sketch <laughs> asking you for money. They probably, they probably asking yeah. you for money. Yeah, all the time. Hey, bro, all the time. <laughs> okay, that, that was what I was gonna, like. Okay, but then that was the question I was gonna ask to follow up to that. Like, why is entrepreneurship so important? And then, like, what are some of the things that you face today? Yeah, man, I definitely think entrepreneurship is one of the most important things because it's like, what else are we gonna pass our kids? We can't pass our kids a job, a nine to five. They'll have to do. A, B, and C, and plus with the digital revolution getting, you know, just becoming bigger and bigger. Like we, we just, um, me and my my friends, we just attended a thing called CES. You know, the oh biggest, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah, and yeah. we already know how that gets down. And that's the thing. If you go to CES, CES is where basically the whole tech world is yeah. there. Yep. Mm-hmm. So there's not enough black people there. No, but I'll tell you where you need to check out. Shout out to Morgan from Blavity. Have you heard of Afrotech? No, I haven't. What? What? In, I'm missing out? Have you Bruh. heard of Afrotech? Of course. Okay. I'm missing out. No, listen. You need to go to Afrotech. We went this year in Oakland. Somebody okay. broke into my car and stole my MCM bag my computer, but I'm going to blame the city of Oakland for that. But Afrotech, <laughs> 10,000 black tech entrepreneurs. Yeah. Wow. And all the companies are there from Google to Spotify to Apple to Lyft, Uber, because what people don't realize, even with Hollywood Unlocked, a dot com is a tech business. Mm-hmm. Right. We entertain you, but it is a tech business. It's based on numbers and SEO and traffic and revenue and blah. You know, so it's good to see, you know, other people of color who are not only doing it but also really successful at it. Exactly, exactly. Okay. I'm gonna definitely come check that out. Man. But the people that are skeptical, do you think it's because as black people we're <clears throat> we're taught, you know, get get a good job, raise your kids, mm-hmm. you know, pay their tuition if you can and move on? Like exactly. I don't think we're taught early to dream. We're mm-hmm. not to have it all. Yeah. We're not, you know, and um, I believe that it has a lot to do with our value, how we value ourselves. Mm-hmm. We don't value ourselves that high on the totem pole. Mm-hmm. We'll look at someone of another color and be like, that person is deserving of that. Mm-hmm. We are just meant for jobs. You know, I run into too many people where the people who call, who will say scam, I'll reach out to those people. Cause I literally want to, um, I want to know what wanna, made you think it was a scam. Exactly, because mm-hmm. I want to know what what are the no, the normal the normal mind thinking mm-hmm. at that point when they says, "Yo, this is a scam." Mm-hmm. In the first ten seconds of seeing a post, it's mm-hmm. their default way of thinking. Exactly. Why is that? Yeah, but, or, right. or, or right. if you put up a thirty minute course 
in the first five minutes of posting it, they're saying it's a scam. You didn't even watch the whole 30 minutes. Right. Exactly. But, I, but I also think a lot of what people do and how we interact with each other, too, you know, goes back to our heritage, right? Mm-hmm. That's you know, true. we were brought here and taught to work for free. Mm-hmm. We were taught that we would take the scraps of what life had to offer us, even in to nourish our own bodies. Mm-hmm. So I don't even think we've really thought through like how deep or you we know, haven't that that and lineage it, it, it of that goes, thought goes. It goes so deep, and it and it and it goes, and it's still here today. Mm-hmm. It's still here today because people are like, well, you know, even though they can't really say the normal, yo, you was given money. You was this and that, you know. They'll just give you the word scam without any follow up. Like, why do you think that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I see a lot of stuff on the internet. <laughs> okay. Well, and they see a lot of stuff on the internet that, you know, if you don't look a certain way or dress a certain way, then right. that's not a scam. But if you look this, like, you could be cool, fly, rich, and successful, and black. Right. Right. Yeah. Like most people thought I was And 40. you don't have to just be Diddy or Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> yeah, they was like, he's not 28, he's 40. And I'm like, I look 40. So so <laughs> how is this an easy process? I think that's maybe I'm trying to think of the, the consumer and somebody that might be saying scam. Right. Maybe you're making it look too easy. Like what what how is the process hard? Well you're saying six months, but is is it a yeah. hard six months? Like what is it? Man, with me, man, like I broke everything down into the program to show people, like, look, this is what we do because it's pretty much on profit you know what I'm saying the profit margin like okay mm-hmm. if you selling something you know for you know if you buy something for ten dollars yeah and you sell it for 13 your profit margin is not not like that mm-hmm. but if you buy it for 10 and you sell it for 60 now you got a decent profit margin you know you, you gotta you know put in shipping and everything else as well you know like I'm starting my daughter young like she just flipped selling her seven um the, the doll cost seven dollars <laughs> you know she cut the dress up real quick did the hair and sold it online for twenty dollars there you go you know, so she's starting young because she see her dad doing it all the time. Good you for know? you. And she was like, yeah, I made $13 profit. You know, you so. know what? She going to grow up like Blue Ivy. She going <laughs> to walk in school Facts. like, bitch, I got too much money for this. Facts. I'm just because, you know, she's learning how to become an entrepreneur early. Right. Okay, so what's the what's the future? Like, what's the future for you and your goals? Like, what do you what do you want to accomplish next? Man, um, I definitely want to just keep getting bigger and and expand it to different spaces. You know, like... um. Tech, of course. You know, um, I got my app getting developed. Um, I can talk about it right now because we're almost finished. Um, it's supposed to be like the Netflix of fitness. You mm-hmm. know, it's gonna be beautiful. I already talked to Damon John about it. He was super interested. You know what I'm saying? So I'm definitely trying to bring things like that to fruition. And wanna, I want more of us to be in the room. Mm-hmm. You know, like because when we go to these places, it's not too many. Mm-hmm. It's not too many. Well, if you talk to Damon, I, I ran to him at Art Basel in Miami. I was like, yo, I should get your number. Come on the show. And I think he pointed to somebody else to talk to. Mm-hmm. So I haven't <laughs> called anybody. But yeah, tell him I said hello. I got you. All right. Well, look, we're going to put up all your information. Everybody should go and check it out. I right. think it's great to see another black man. I mean, roll through with Fendi and Drip. But at the same time, <laughs> raising this kid, right? And you always know when somebody got braces, they got money. You know, yeah. that was like that <laughs> was always you. my way of determining like, does this nigga really have money? He got jewelry, okay, but he got braces. Like that's that's just my own personal sickness. <laughs> but no, but thank you for coming on the show and sharing it. Hopefully everybody uh signs up and uh I wanna learn how to flip seven to eight. Once okay. I get that, then I mean Oh, we hey, we're gonna have a different conversation then. I'm gonna Create a second program. Okay, cool. And Alyssa, he got money. Make sure he buy ads. All right, y'all, we out. Peace. Bye, everybody. All right. Peace.